Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. We provide straightforward information by bringing excellent guests with real-world experience in all topics related to commercial real estate investing. And in today's episode, we continue our conversation about the metaverse with Dave Carr, head of biz dev at Parcel, and previously he was working at Decentraland, one of the most popular metaverses out there. In this episode, we are focusing on can you subdivide your land in the metaverse? Can you develop it? How would that work? We're also reviewing which worlds would he actually invest in today? What happens when other people create new metaverses? And also what does security look like from an ownership perspective? What if someone hacks your account? What happens next? Here we go. You know, we are just a small group of people, the real estate investors, let's say. Why would we still buy something in the central land when Meta is going to potentially dominate that space and they're not going to be allowing us to buy real estate, likely. Yeah, I, I mean, there could very well be, be real estate sales in the meta, okay. uh, metaverse experience. Uh, I don't know for sure that they wouldn't do that. And I think there'll be a lot of benefits to being involved in, in the meta uh, experience. I'm sure that brand uh, relationships that, that meta is able to, um, to bring into that will be, will be huge. And I think there'll be a lot of users who want that curated experience. They won't want to, you know, if you go into Decentraland, for example, or now or CryptoVoxels or even Somnium Space, uh, Sandbox, the, the last of those four kind of most established virtual worlds, they feel very much open and the world is what you make it kind of thing. And so there are a lot of people who would prefer to have uh, the content served to them and to be told, here's what you can do here. You know, it's almost like, you know, you go to Disneyland because you want that experience served to you. Whereas a Decentraland is more kind of like you walk in the gate and it's kind of like, well, it's up to you what happens now. Yeah. There are obviously things that you can do. You, there are things that you can see and engage in, but it's also about, you know, you're a creator and you're involved in, in, in helping us create this space. So yes, I think Meta could dominate for a large section of the population. And who's to say why people... You know, people could could very well have uh, have a have a profile in Meta, as we all have Facebook profiles, but we also have experience with all social media accounts with other channels. So it, it really, again, it just comes down to who is going to be offering the most compelling, yeah, value and the most compelling experience. And and I think it's just a matter of understanding who those the creators, the teams are behind those worlds, um, how what their roadmap looks like. Yeah, uh, uh, what the what the big picture is, and and I think that that gives you a good guide as to the world that you want to be a part of. Does Facebook have anything? I mean, Meta have anything out there yet, or they're literally just building, like they're like you mentioned. Yeah, they recently released uh, Horizon World. I think it's called Horizon Worlds, but I believe that's a closed experience on their um, on the Oculus um, headset, which I think is just a, a gathering or a meetup. It's, it's nothing on, on the scale of, of a sandbox or Decentraland at this point. And then, you know, there'll be many other virtual worlds popping up that are very much more niche. So much more, you know, virtual is related purely to fashion or purely to own a world, build a game. Or there'll be just lots more 
nicheification, if you like, of, of, of different interest groups, which there'll be land ownership, and uh, but there'll be big players and small players, be a lot that don't survive. I think it's just about uh, identifying which ones probably will be in there for the long haul. And then I think you also have to consider, so just throw a spanner into the, into the works of this conversation, <laughs> The augmented reality um, yeah. experiences. There are worlds, for example, uh, OVR, Superworld, Earth 2. These are projects that have mapped the physical world. So it's almost yes. like looking at the satellite view of Google Maps, if you like, and saying, oh, I'd like that piece of the map. So they have layered and created this technical map or technical layer over the physical world, and people can actually buy parcels of land in that augmented reality or virtual layer over the top of the physical earth. Now, what that allows creators to do is put content on that layer. And, and so therefore, if you're walking through the street, let's say, let's say you're walking down Fifth Avenue in New York, wearing a set of, a set of augmented reality glasses, perhaps made by Apple. Uh, there's rumors that, that a headset will come out next year or early 2023. Then anybody who owns a piece of land along that street could serve up a piece of content to you through your AR glasses. Now that's a whole other side of the metaverse, which could actually hit the mainstream before we access virtual worlds like Decentraland or the Sandbox. Those parcels of land are also for sale and also present an opportunity for virtual real estate. And, and also really interesting, I saw a video only earlier today from, from posted by a, a creator through OVR and in the middle of Rome had put a pop-up gallery and you could see people walking past and, uh, <laughs> and clear as day, the gallery was also there and, and, and his artworks were there. And it was just through, through these, these augmented reality device or through the, uh, probably through his iPad or his phone at this point, but you could see this content served because they had that parcel. Uh, through OVR, so fascinating. Agree on the augmented reality. What would you invest in today? Let's say you you were able to invest in I don't know three or four different worlds. What would you put your money in today? What I put my money in today? That's a good question. I, I think. I mean, I love the whole idea of the metaverse and and just the ability that it enables creators to to do all sorts of fantastic things and own their creations as well, you know, from musicians to, yeah. to, to not have to, to get their works through a platform that somebody else owns and takes the vast majority of, of money from. So for me, it's, it's about virtual worlds that are enabling creators to get their work out there, but are also incentivizing users to, to come and use the space and, and are deriving benefits from that. I think if you look at it at a, at a very specific level, you know, the NFTs that have come out this year, all of these different avatars, all of these different projects and have sold for extraordinary amounts of money and you've got celebrities buying bored apes and crypto punks and <laughs> a lot of these NFT projects have just disappeared or gone very quiet um, or some of them have failed. The ones that survive are the ones that are able to to create a really strong community around them that have shown a very, very clear roadmap of where they are headed and how the benefits will be rolled out to people who own. And it's the same for virtual real estate. 
if you can see the world that you or the experience that you are buying into has a very clear project and it's a unique project as well and has a very clear roadmap for how it's going to benefit users and anybody who contributes to it, then that's the one to, to get involved with. Because I think, yes, I understand that, that investment is, is for many people the, and the return on that investment and getting in early and making a return on your property is, is the first step. But I think we need to look at this in terms of what's coming to that. And I, I guess, you know, it's the same, it's the same in, 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 in terms of physical investment. You buy a piece of land in a, in a location in an area that is that is going to develop and be valuable to the people who move into that space. It's the same for that. And it's about knowing where that land, that particular land is headed. Uh, I guess a spread across different worlds would be a smart choice. Putting all your eggs in one basket, I think is probably investment 101. Sure. <laughs> um, or avo- avoiding that is, is probably yeah. a, one of the golden rules. So do your homework and find a, a spread of worlds that, that make sense and, and have good long-term prospects. Would it be safe to assume that places like Sandbox and the Centerland are more democratic and Meta would be a more socialist world? Well, in terms of control, yeah, you could say that Decentraland and Sandbox are more, more democratic, yeah. And, and again, that's a, that's a whole other discussion in terms <laughs> of the, the governance structures of... <laughs> of these open yeah. virtual worlds and the open metaverse because th- even the governance structure is still uh, still a test case, if you like. Sure. But in terms of, of meta, I'd be very surprised if they handed over control to, to the users and just said, look, you know, you own this now. I, I don't yeah. see that happening. It's, Makes sense. Facebook has been incredibly successful because it, you are the product and you have <laughs> been monetized and your data has been monetized. And uh, I can only see that um, continuing. Some people are very happy with that, and that's absolutely fine. It'll be a different experience to the decentralized worlds. And I don't see it as a bad thing for Meta to be entering into this space because I think it educates people as to, to what else is out there. And then they can make the decision as to which, which experience they want to devote most of their time to. Okay. So I have two more questions that are more on the, okay, all of this makes sense, but... So number one would be anybody could come up with the next Decentraland, right? They cannot create these worlds. So that's still infinite real estate. Can you make a case for us still being able to, ideally we should invest in these worlds or what? Yeah, so anybody could come along and create a new Decentraland. No doubt somebody will come along and try to replicate this and potentially do it better. The benefit that Decentraland has is that it has the lead time. It has been doing this longer. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. of course, Sandbox is not fully live yet, but it has been doing the back-end development work and, and will we'll get it right when it launches and be sure that it, that, you know, that it is working properly. But yeah, like Decentraland, Cryptovoxel, Somnium Space, et cetera, they have the runs on the board and um, they will have the brand partnerships in place. They will have the content community right. yeah. familiar with it. They will have the architects in their building. They've been developing those, those people as well and, and supporting them. And, and so I feel like if things go according to plan, they will continue to be one of the, the established worlds. And that's what it comes down to, established. They've made the mistakes that everybody is yet to make. So there's a lot of benefit to be had in in being first to market. Makes sense. 
And my other skepticism is around security. Anyone can technically hack into your account and take your land away. How can people protect themselves? Is it through two-factor authentication? What are some other ways that people can and should 100% look into protecting what they own out there? Well, first and foremost, the fact that these, these lands are NFTs, that they are created on the blockchain means that they're much more secure. Obviously, you hear about exchanges being hacked and, and cryptocurrency being stolen, but that's an exchange issue. And I, and I also get the question, you know, what happens if the game uh, falls over and stops working or they go out of business or what have you? So the fact that the land has been minted on the blockchain you know, on this open contract means that it, it is much more secure than if you were holding uh, money in the bank or or uh, any kind of asset that was that was not on this open ledger, if you like. That said, wallet storage is is absolutely crucial. A lot of people keep their their cryptocurrency and their NFTs, you know, in the cloud, so to speak. Um, yeah. But cold storage or hardware wallets is a is a great idea. And there are loads of options out there for that. But yeah, like I say, in terms of, and I guess we could use the, the example of Decentraland again, it is designed to continue working even if the body behind the platform, and by that I mean the foundation, the Decentraland Foundation, which effectively sits to support the platform and support the community that really runs and owns the platform. Even if the foundation ceased to exist, Decentraland would keep going because it's right. it is separated and, and hosted across many different servers. It's not centralized to one server. So there's a there's a, a notion that that they could flick off the switch of the central server and it would still operate because that content is served and hosted on many, many different servers around the world. The yeah. blockchain won't fall over because it's not controlled by one particular person. Um, so there are you know layers of security. Uh, involved with this um, and and again the fact that they are non-fungible tokens nfts that you know is the underlying technology for this land means that there are they are unique there's only one of a kind of those of those things okay well so yeah do do your own research on and and maybe you know hopefully we can find a security person who can <laughs> enlighten us on how to really have all these protections in case something gets hacked and a backup. I don't even know if a backup exists in that world. Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you think would be important for our listeners to know? No, I think we've covered a lot of ground, actually. You know, in terms of why Parcel exists, traditionally, and even this year, Parcel has existed for six months, um, but it's been a, a, a really extraordinary six months. We recognize that for people wanting to buy land, all of the different virtual worlds had their marketplaces kind of scattered all over the place. And you really had to navigate through, you know, different user interfaces and, and different yeah. um, repositories in order to get that information. And so that was why we were created to aggregate those listings into the one place. So you didn't have to go searching. And there's a lot of education and information that exists on, on our site as well. So I think find those sources of information that, will speak to you in basic terms because even I need the stuff described to me in basic terms <laughs> and, and they are out there and, and there's a lot of great videos as well. There is a way to make sense of this. And I think that the best way to do it is to jump in and, um, 
and get your hands dirty and um, and have a bit of a play around and and it, and it does start to make sense and it becomes really fascinating and it moves at lightning speed. But the yeah. fundamentals the fundamentals remain the same, I think. Dave, thank you so much for making the time to really answer all my crazy questions and <laughs> power Not at all. One of them. <laughs> I really, really appreciate it. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, they can follow Parcel on Twitter. Our, our handle is ParcelNFT. They can also join us on Discord. We have people in there uh, every day answering lots of questions. Our website is uh, meetparcel, mwtparcel.com. If they want to go and have a look around, uh, we're constantly iterating and, and it's always evolving. So uh, adding new worlds all the time, but we have the four main worlds on there at the moment. As I said, we aggregate the listings. We show real-time price appraisals. We show valuations. Um, we don't charge marketplace fees. And so it, it's designed to be a really accessible way for people to get into the metaverse and, and make sense of it that's that's our pure focus um and feel free to email me directly if you want i'm just dave at meatparcel.com if you have i love stupid questions because i ask loads of them so find me an email and um yeah let's continue the conversation happy to do that thank you so much dave i really appreciate your time no problem thank you and if you haven't already make sure to subscribe to our newsletter which is super short straightforward and sweet just like this podcast at monicarlorei.com on top of the page and i will see you next time